I was molested by my neighbors, so I mean, and I still live across the street from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I got I got firearms, chainsaws, fucking I know how to build bombs. You and not alone, I'll support you through. You don't have to run, you can always overcome everything that you've been through. Share your story here and lay down your fears. We all hear your pain and there's only love to gain. You can get it all right here. Welcome to our show today, uh, Good Things from the Couch. I am your host, Elizabeth Davies. I'm a mental health counselor and an author. And today I have an amazing guest with me. His name is Jed, and he started seeing me in 2010 for counseling when he was seven years old. Uh, Jed, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's been 11 years since you first started counseling with me, and, and like you said, a lot's happened in, in 11 years, yes? Yeah. All right, I want to I wanna let uh, the listeners know a little bit about your background. So you started seeing me when you were seven years old. At that time, uh, your dad had brought you into counseling, you and your brother, your older brother. Is your brother five years older than you? Uh, he's 22, I'm 18 right now, so I think four, yeah. five years. So he's four years older than you, yep. So he would have been 11 at the time. And uh, at that time, your mom was in jail for already a year. She'd been uh, put in jail in 2009 uh, for attempted murder. She tried to kill your father, correct? No, no. It's, oh. uh, she lit her uh, boyfriend's... Well, she told me the story later uh, after she got out of prison, but... Um, like, so basically, like, they do a lot of cocaine with, like, this Navy SEAL guy or something. They live in a trailer. Mm-hmm. She met him at a bar. And, uh, basically, uh, they're, they, they don't fight over drugs or whatever, domestic violence, you know, kind of stuff. And, uh, she, uh, they, they called the cops on each other, like, so many times the cops said if they come out there again, uh, they're going to take them both to jail because, you know, it's like, you know how domestic violence is. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you want to press charge? Oh, you know, I can only do this, fill mm-hmm. paperwork, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got tired of it. And, uh, so they're having a fight and they're all hot on cocaine and drunk. And then, uh, he kicked her out of her trailer, her out of his trailer. And, uh, he took her purse and she wanted it, uh, her, her cigarettes and her purse back. And she's like, you can just keep the purse. I just want my cigarettes. And then he's like, no. So she lit his house on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, according to her, that's, that's what she told me. So. Right. Right. I remember your dad telling me, and maybe this is when you were much younger, that he she did try to kill him, like oh yeah, with yeah, yeah. a golf club. Well, I I don't I I mean I'm sure it, it happened, but I, I remember um, you know my dad was in the hospital for uh, what was it, liver liver or kidney I don't I was one of the two I think it was kidney cancer because mm-hmm. she was poisoning him. Mm-hmm. Oh, which yeah. yeah. Yeah, your dad did and tell he's me. Still, yeah, he's still fucked up to this day. Mm-hmm. But, you know. So he was very afraid of your mom. I remember that when you guys very first came in. So your your mom was in jail. You were being bullied by your brother, your older brother. Uh, and there was a lot of anger there because what was happening, if I remember correctly when you would tell me, is your brother would bully you when your dad was at work. He worked like six days a week, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and he was gone a lot. So you were kind of, like, I called it, like, kind of raising yourself, you and your brother, a lot of times. 
And then you would call your dad and tell him, hey, dad, you know, my brother's beating me up. And then what would your dad say? No, nothing. He'd be like, stop it. No, mm-hmm. that's it, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it, really. And then what yeah. would you, then what would you do? Then your brother would, would tell. Let's let the listeners know some of the tactics you use to protect yourself from being bullied by your older brother. Uh, nothing really. I just cried and like screamed and like uh, he did a lot of rotten shit to me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember telling me you'd lock yourself in your room? Oh, so he wouldn't. What my door looks like. I mean, he fucking destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pounded on it, smashing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You tried to. You, you one time you told me you would try to go on the roof. Oh yeah. Right to protect yourself. Yeah, I used to like you know go to my friend's house and stuff and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All these different tactics to try to protect yourself from bullying, and your dad not being home and your mom being in jail—you literally were like you had no protection. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So after years and years of being bullied, you want to tell the listeners what happened, what you finally what? did to end the bullying? Oh well, one night I don't know. He was uh, he was with my mother. My mother, like she got out of prison, and I think he was probably like sixteen. And uh, he's always, like, arguing with my dad, like, oh, give me some money so you can go get high or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's like, oh, he owes you. He needs to, you know, this and that. And get them all fired up. And he comes in. I remember I was, like, sitting on a couch. And it was, like, probably like, 9 o'clock. And, you know, my dad's watching TV, and they're arguing. And I started laughing because, like, he's so angry. And I'm just like, why are you so mad? Like, what the hell, you know? And I, I just thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And he starts freaking, why are you smiling at me like that? Oh, you know, this and that. And then he came after me and, you know, well, I went in my room or whatever. And uh, and he started, like, choking me. Mm -hmm. He was on top of me, so I stabbed him Mm -hmm. in the the left, uh, where is it at? Uh, Like, the left side, like, where your hip's at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A couple of times. I broke my pocket knife on him, Mm -hmm. stabbing him with it. And then, uh, yeah, my dad took it away and then. He never wanted me to have any, like, weapons or anything, but I still did. Mm-hmm. 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 I remember you telling me that you uh, used to carry a pocket knife just to feel safe all the time. Uh, yeah, no, I just always like weapons, I guess. I'm, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I remember seeing you guys after the stabbing. After you tried to stab your brother, your brother went to the hospital, right? Oh, yeah, he got stitches. He still has a big old scar. Mm-hmm. And then what happened when he gets out of the hospital and he comes home? What does he say to you? I think I don't know, my mom wanted him to press charges on me or something, but he didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember him freaking out. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, all right, uh, Jed just stabbed me. And he's like, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and did the bullying stop after that? Did you feel like, yeah. did it lessen oh, it? Actually. Uh, CPS got involved. Yes, yes. And uh, I remember that trying to put me in a group home because you know my dad's not doing anything about it. Right, so. right. I mean, I mean, to even think about your dad being home while your brother's trying to strangle you in the room and you're stabbing him, you know? Yeah, well, he. I think he was doing his laundry or something. He didn't even see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, he, and then he just he just comes over. He's like, "Whoa, what happened?" And mm-hmm. you know, "Oh, Jed stabbed me." You know, and it's like. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. 
I remember you telling me when I was asking you about that after the after the incident happened, like you felt like that's the only thing you knew to do to stop it. You had tried other things, hidden in your I room, mean, locked the door. Yeah, I just, I just really had enough of it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm not going to put up with your shit anymore. Right, right. After years and years and years of bullying. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, it was at school too. It's like... Yes. It's just like, what are you going to do? You can only take so much. Mm-hmm. You can only take so much. And then, wouldn't you say, here, here's another thing you and I have talked about before. Your dad wasn't protecting you, which is really scary for a kid, right? You're looking for your parents to protect you, and uh, your mom isn't available to protect you. Of course, after she got out of jail, I think she moved a couple blocks away from you. Yeah, she lived on the next block. Yeah. The and, yeah, and you're... Crackhead neighbor. Mm-hmm. My brother was living over there for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you telling me like there was no, there was felt, you felt like there was nothing else you could do. Your dad not protecting you, your mom not available to protect you, and you were just had had enough of the bullying. And there was so much anger between you and your brother. First, you would tell on your brother, you would tell your dad in hopes probably that he would try to protect you, right? Yeah. Right. And then he did nothing. He did nothing. But then we talked about your dad just being being conflict avoidant, which is like he was so afraid of you guys' anger. Like, I remember one time he came into counseling and told me, like, your older brother punched him in the stomach. And I was just, like, thinking, like, oh, my goodness, like, I have a son. I have I have kids. Like, I can't even imagine my kids doing that, right? And I think it was just the whole, like, you guys disrespected him. He he was disrespectful to you in the yelling and the screaming, but the conflict avoidant was like one of the reasons he wouldn't protect you and, st- and stand in for you. Is he didn't he didn't want he was afraid of all the anger, and then here he has two sons who are super angry all the time at each other, right? Yeah. And then you felt like he was angry at you, and your older brother felt like he favored you. Mm-hmm. So your brother your brother gets out of the hospital with stitches. Uh, he he goes and stays with your mom. Mm, no, he was still staying here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did it go after that? The bullying well, still continued? Uh, yeah. I think it was, it was like, not so much for a little bit. And then it was, like, pretty much, you know, back to the same show. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. like, he used to act like a little kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, like, and he's, like, almost fucking adult. He's 16 years old. He, you know, would come in my room, and I'd be like, get out of my room. He just stands there. He's like, oh, like just act like a fucking little kid. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I was more mature than him, and I was a little ass kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was much bigger than you. I remember, like you were pretty thin then, you know, but obviously strong. <laughs> so, yeah, and so CPS got involved. I remember that because I remember your dad calling me to tell me this. And then, what? How old were you when they put you in Ohio with your uncle? Like they moved you to another state with your uncle then because uh, they didn't want you living grade. together, huh? Seventh grade. Uh huh. And then, how long did you? I, I was, yeah, I was. I was twelve. Yeah. You're 12 years old. You moved over with your uncle, and you stayed there for a while. Yeah. And were you bullied there at all? Um, actually, yeah, I, I was. But it got better towards the end. I think just because I was the new kid, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no one, no one really, you know? But once, after a little bit, it got a little bit better, and I made some friends. And I actually was bullied by my cousin, and we didn't know we were cousins. Mm-hmm. But it's because his his dad died of a heroin overdose. Like his dad was like a heroin addict, mm-hmm. and so like his mom had custody of him. He just real mad about it. Mm-hmm. But he you know take his problems out, and well, he wasn't on anyone. He was just all sad. But then here comes a new kid. Oh, I can bully him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he finds out we're cousins because my uncle runs into I forgot who someone at the store or something and goes and they're talking and he goes, mm-hmm. oh, really? Oh, you know, mm-hmm. and 
So we find out where Cousins, and I remember, like, he comes up to my locker, and he's like, he's like, hey, do you know where Cousins? I'm like, yeah, I know. And I didn't even look at him. I just, like, and he's like, and I just closed my locker and just walked away. Because mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, you treat me like shit. And I was like, no, like, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, but we ended up being pretty cool, and, like, I still got him on Snapchat. Good. Like, today. And he's, he's doing really good. Good. Better, better than me, so... <laughs> Better than you. Last yeah. time I talked to you, you were just a few. Uh, you were just a few classes now from graduating high school. Yeah, it's about like eight classes. Mm-hmm. So I should be done this year, but I, you know, had my unfortunate legal matter. Yeah. Yes. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? About your uh, school experience. Do you remember? Um, I mean, honestly, where should I begin? It's wild. <laughs> Like, I remember being in, in, in seventh grade over in Ohio, and honestly, it was probably like one of the best times of my life. I mean, I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't, I mean, you know, during that time, like, seventh grade, I was smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. you know, cigarette, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't drinking yet. I, was, I didn't start drinking until, like, freshman year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was either eighth grade or freshman year, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know I was 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, yeah, so I was doing you know, a lot of stuff, and it, it, it kind of helped, but then I went to Ohio, and I, I mean, I, I got the best grades I've ever gotten mm-hmm. before, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't get in any trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I had, you know, somewhat friends. I mean, I, I go halfway across the country, you know, and I make, you know, I do pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. most, most kids my age wouldn't be able to function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. True. and then so, and then you were gone for a whole. Were you gone for? I remember your dad was really upset you were gone and really wanted CPS to let you come back home. But he had to do, he had to um, do counseling. He had to make sure that uh, your older brother wasn't going to bully you. He had to make sure the home was a safer environment coming home. And and at that time, your mom was also out of jail. I think she got out of jail in 2012, and I think it was. Um, you had moved to Ohio when you were 12, right? Yeah. No, she got out when I was like in, like, I think, third or fourth grade. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it was fourth grade, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then she was out for a while. A few yeah, years. She was, out, she was out since then. And then she started going slowly downhill really fast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she got rid of like her parole or whatever, got off parole. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. she goes right back to doing the same shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I remember she used to have a whole fucking purse full of pills. Like, mm-hmm. I remember like like I used to when I was smoking cigarettes. Like, I, I remember one time I used to try to go get like someone, some homeless guy outside Circle K to buy him for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I called him. I was like, I was like, I want a uh, marble Baru, but they're marble. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? marble. But I didn't know that because like I, I I didn't even smoke yet. Like I was just you know I was trying to, and I was like, let me get some marble Baru, but they're marble. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought that was funny. I yeah. felt so dumb. I was like, I was like, no wonder you didn't buy him for me. He was going to buy him for me, but I said Marlboro. He's like, like, we don't have that brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then when you came back, you came back to uh, home. You came back home and lived with oh, dad again. The same stuff. Yeah. Lived with dad yeah. for a while. I mean, it was it was a, it was alright, but and it, it, you know, pretty much, I don't think it. It didn't really bother me that too much if I can remember correctly. But so I remember, I think I was like in eighth grade, right? Yeah, and that's when he had his mm-hmm. his girlfriend. I remember he used to beat on her all the time, and I'd watch it. Your dad, your dad like would beat on his girlfriend, or no, your brother. Your brother would brother. beat on his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what would you do? Nothing. I mean, you would just be a witness to all this 
trauma. Much. I mean, he used to like, he used to like uh, take her stuff and then like, you know, and then kick her out and go, "Oh, you bitch! Oh, fuck you!" And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. then she'd call me up and I go give her stuff, whatever, you know. It's like, here you go, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, a few times I almost stepped in. Like I used to have a couple police batons. And I just wanted to beat them senseless. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. There was just so much anger and rage. I mean, almost every session when you guys were younger, I remember like saying, like you guys saying that, like I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to stab. You know what I mean? It was just always so much anger. In fact, I think out of all the families that I've prayed for, I think I prayed for your family the most. I found it. I found it in my notes in uh, from 2012. Now this is when your mom had just got out of jail, and I had seen you and your brother and your mom together in counseling because your mom wanted to have a relationship with you guys. And your brother was like, look, I don't want you, I don't want a relationship with me. You tried to run me over with a bike, okay? And you at that time were maybe no, nine. Car. Her car, I'm sorry. She, he was on a bike. Mm-hmm. She was in a car. Yeah. She wanted to run him over while he was on his bike with her car. Yep. Right? And he remembered that. And so he's like, I don't feel safe. Like, I don't want a relationship with you. He had a lot of hate. And plus, your dad was saying a lot of negative things about your mom. I would correct him in counseling and say, hey, this is their mom. Uh, he's been saying it for years. Yeah. And, and when you're little... He does the same thing. Yeah. And then she'll turn around and say negative things about your dad. And tell me how that influences kids. I mean, let the listeners know. How does it feel to be in a family where your mom's saying negative things about your dad? Your dad's saying negative things about your mom. You want to have a good relationship with both of these parents, but... I mean, honestly, like, truthfully honest, like, I want to, like, actually speak from the heart here, but, like, I don't know, I just don't want my dad, like, just don't, don't send him this, this, this podcast. I, I won't send your dad this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm being truthfully honest here, I don't, I don't really give a fuck about any of them, like, and, like, as fucked up as that sounds, like, I just, I don't know, I mean, I just, it's like, like, yeah, they're your parents, but they were some shitty fucking parents. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they did the best they could, but, like, still, I just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, to this day, I'm, I'm so fucked up from all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just true. That's just true. When, you, when you're kind of like, I used to call it raising yourself. Like when you're raising yourself with a, an older brother who's a bully in a home with a lot of anger with a dad who isn't available. Plus, you guys used to tell me, you used to tell on your dad, you'd be like, my dad's an alcoholic. My dad drinks too much. He would always deny it. No, I come home and have one beer. You're like, no, you don't. No, he's a fucking alcoholic. He, does, he, he stopped drinking now because he has yep. to take me to work. Yeah, I, I know. I remember he stopped drinking, which is good. Yeah, but he went back to it and then he, and then now he just quit again. Okay. And did that make a difference in, in your respect for him? Did that make a difference in him yelling less at you guys? No. Well, now it's me yelling at him because I'm big. I'm bigger now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no one can really push me around. I don't take no shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you feel like as a protection. You have to, you know. And I remember telling you, because you would ask me that, you know, about the anger and the rage. And I think that when you've been bullied for so long, for so many years, I mean years and years and years, from your brother people at school, that literally your rage and anger is like your way that you feel powerful to protect yourself, right? I remember reading a book about bullying years ago because my, my nephew was a bully, but he was also being bullied. Um, and yeah, it's like a cycle like that, yeah. yeah. It is a cycle like that. You I, mean, get, you should, I mean, I used to, I used to go, to go on Xbox and just talk so much shit to people and just say so many rotten things. Yeah. And it's like... 
Because it was, is what, how else do you feel powerful? Because when you're being bullied, you feel powerless, right? Yeah. And then when you bully someone else, you feel? Powerful. Right. Right. It's, and so I remember reading that and telling my, my nephew about that. And it also helped me kind of understand for people who don't understand why do people bully, uh, you know. Because they're having issues going on in their life. Yes. Out of their control. That's right. So. That's exactly right. Make them feel better. They go, they go do hard and shit to other people. Right. They have issues going on in their life that make them feel powerless. And the only way to feel powerful is to go and bully other people. That's true, but sometimes people are just fucking assholes. <laughs> All right, well, I have no comment on that, of course, you know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people are just assholes. Like that. Yeah, what do you so. think about parents buying minors liquor? What's your What's your thoughts on I mean, that? Honestly, it's, it's not good because you're, like, teaching them. I mean, I'm a fucking alcoholic because of it, so, you know, and it runs in my family, too. I'm more perceptible to it, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I was smoking uh, concentrated THC that they're called dabs or shatter, mm-hmm. and uh, for like two years I had such a high tolerance that like, like, because they have these things called blunts. I don't know if you know. And it's like mm-hmm. it's like it, it's like a tobacco wrap, and you, mm-hmm. you put weed in it. I mm-hmm. could literally smoke like two or three of those and wouldn't even do anything. I gotta be completely sober because that's how high I would Because it's concentrated. It's like well, you weird. think you're sober. You think you're sober. No, 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 no. I'm serious. Like I could, I could do the ABCs backwards. Like my eyes were not red. Like I was completely. I'm like, what the hell? So then I, I quit for like just like two weeks, and then I and then I tried it again, and then I got I, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, if you do it for a very long time mm-hmm. with anything, that's, it's just with that way with anything. You need you take poison for a very long time, and eventually you're gonna like. Immunity to it. I mean, it'll mess you up, but I mean, yeah, it'll get like a I do still kind of believe that even though we don't think we're high or drunk, other people that are sober can look at us and tell that we're impaired. Our judgment and our thinking is impaired. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but I mean, I'm telling you right now, it's like you can have a tolerance to alcohol, yeah, yes. have a tolerance yes. to marijuana, and that's what totally. I'm saying that yes. I had. Like, yes, I yes. smoked for so long, all this concentrated shit that, mm-hmm. and, and then started, and it started making me depressed and, and sad. So I, I honestly, I just quit doing it. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. And I quit doing it. Mm-hmm. And then my brother got kicked out too. So I, I quit doing it. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I mean, all, all I did was smoke vape. And, and, and it's like, it's like a, kind of like a, like not really a comfort blanket, but it's like more like just something that out or angry mm-hmm. or whatever. I just go smoke vape. And then it, it just kind of like mm-hmm. distraction. And it's better than smoking cigarettes. But I smoked cigarettes since I was 12. Mm-hmm. Until I was like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And then I started vaping. Well, what you're saying is true, right, Jed? People, you know, medicate with alcohol or drugs because when they're sober, the pain that they feel in their mind, like everything that's unhealed, like all the trauma you've been through, like an absent parent with your mom, the trauma of being bullied for years and years, your dad not protecting oh, you. Worse than that, I mean, I was molested by my neighbors, so, I mean, and I still live across the street from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I got, I got firearms, chainsaws, fucking, I know how to build bombs. Like, I don't want to go like Harvey Weinstein and go on trial and go, oh, yeah, he did this and, mm-hmm. and the two of them. And, and, and it just, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone knows. And it's just like, no, nah, I, I don't want to do that. But at the same time, it's like, what am I going to do? Just let it go. Just move on. Just forgive. Like, Super good question. How do we how do we let it go so it doesn't turn into rage and anger and violence and rage criminal This person harmed you. They took advantage of you. They victimized you. Yeah, they, I was only three years old. And it's fucked me up for my whole life. Mm-hmm. 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 I used to I used to think it was a dream, and I was like, wait a minute. I usually, you know, the next day you forget your dreams, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you remembered it. 
Yeah. And you never said anything? No. I have told people, like my teacher and certain individuals, like my neighbors, like my godmother. Mm-hmm. But I never really told like my parents or anyone. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's a lot of shame with that. You they know? were, I was like, so they beat up my, I remember like my brother, I don't know, my dad, my brother came home one time and then they're, they're out there and they're looking at them and my dad's brother's like, oh, what the fuck, you know, and gets in a fight with them. And my dad's trying to break up and they attack my dad and he gets all fucked up mm-hmm. and bleeding. Mm-hmm. And this whole time I'm in the bathroom and then they come banging on the door. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And thank God I was in the bathroom because I would have stabbed someone that day. Mm-hmm. And I went out there mm-hmm. and I had my knife on my back and I said, come on, you little pussy, come over here. You want to fight someone? Fight me. I was gonna stab this dude right in the throat. Like I was like, oh, I've had enough of your shit, bro. Mm-hmm. And I would have went to prison for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I say, come on. I know. I mean, I, I would have let him hit me first, and I'm a Jew now. He's an adult, and then I stab him. So I think I, I don't know, my chances are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you asked a good question. You asked a really good question. Like, what do you what do you want us to do? Like, I get molested, or my brother's beating beating me up every day, trying to strangle me and kill me. What what do we do when I feel like all this anger and rage, and I can't protect myself, yeah. and my parents aren't protecting me? And it's it is radical to think about forgiveness. But how else do we get rid of anger? I mean. I know, I know for me personally, my dad beat me. And like you said, you know, you're a kid, this person's an adult, you can't protect yourself. And I remember feeling a lot of rage and hate and anger and fear. Like I was so afraid of such a violent person. But I know that for me, I don't forgive people because they deserve it. I don't think your, I don't think your brother maybe doesn't deserve it. Or maybe your neighbor across the street for sexually abusing you doesn't deserve it. Uh, but I think that unless we do forgive, unless we come in and say, I unconditionally forgive my brother for beating the crap out of me and bullying me. I unconditionally forgive the neighbor. And we say that every time we have the thought, which lets go of the anger and the rage and all the hurt and negative emotions attached to the memory. It neutralizes the memory, which means now it neutralizes our feelings. And so now we're not in rage. Like, do you want to live your life in rage? You've already been in jail how many times as a kid? Uh, just once for five months. Right? And that was a different situation. You didn't go to jail for stabbing your brother. No, I was planning mass murder at my high school. Right. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Because <laughs> you're a smart white kid, as you used to always tell me. I'm a real smart white kid, you'd say to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Which, got the muscle, but I got the, I got the what, what is it, the, the brain. Yeah, you got the brain. So tell, let, tell us about that. All this stuff you learned on YouTube. Because, one, I remember telling your dad over and over. It's not YouTube. It's a... Uh, what I did was uh, the VPNs just came out. They just got real big, and the virtual private networks. I still have one, Jay. Like you go on Google and just like, because it it, may, it it uses like it puts your your IP address in a different wherever you want to put it, right? Mm-hmm. So in India, Africa, whatever. So whatever you're googling, it doesn't get it doesn't come back to your internet service provider. So like, let's say I look up how to build a bomb or how to get away with murder. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Because Google will report you to the FBI if you look up shit like that constantly. And they should, right? Do you think it's safe? Do you think it's safe for yeah, people I like that? I think it's sort of an invasion of privacy because this is America and you do have the right to kind of... Know how to build know. a bomb or know how to murder somebody? I mean, somebody yeah, if you want to. I mean, there's a book called The Anarchist Cookbook. I mean, I'm not that I need that. What is it I'll called? I want Anarchist Cookbook. Oh. <laughs> the yeah, no, some guy in the 70s, he, uh, he worked at a bookstore and he was pissed off about Vietnam and everything. So he's like, here, I'm going to write this book. And it's like, if you ever need to rebel against the government or whatever, read this book. It'll teach you how to build bombs and all kinds of stuff. But would you... And, uh, 
But do you think it's safe living in our community with people with that much rage? Like, would you feel safe? Like, do you think that it's okay for Google to tell only for the fact that, like, if that person that wants to build a bomb and blow you up or come over with a chainsaw and, and uh, kill you and your family, do you want that person as your neighbor? Do you feel a little bit, like, afraid that that's that person no, next to you? No. no, not at all. I'll tell you why. Because you, if you're afraid for your life, you go to the store and you purchase a firearm because... Then you don't have to be afraid. I mean, you got a handgun, you got a shotgun, you got an AR-15. What are they going to do? Well, I under I understand that, and I remember you were telling me like Arizona has has the least restrictive laws. I think you told yeah, me on handguns yeah. or Arizona's, it's everything. We have the least amount of gun control in the entire country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be interesting. I haven't looked up the research per se on how many people get killed by handguns in Arizona versus handguns in other. States oh, I, that are I, I less. Read, I, I don't remember if it was the 2019 or 2018 FBI statistics, but yeah. uh, I think it was like 450 murders with rifles, and then there's like 6,200 and something with handguns. In Arizona. No, not in Arizona, in the country. In the country, but what I'm wondering is, is it higher? Like you're saying, like they have the least restrictive laws there. Would the would the shootings be higher? Like there'd be more people getting killed because the laws are so, you know, they're. They're not restrictive no. at all. Actually, it, it doesn't really matter because if you think about it like this, if a criminal wants to kill somebody, yeah. I, I bought, I bought, I bought, a, I bought a handgun at fucking seventeen off Snapchat. Mm -hmm. So I mean, criminals can get guns. There is yes. no way yes. that you. That's I mean, true. There is absolutely no way that you are stopping them from doing what they want to do. They're that's true. The law. That's all true. You take away from law-abiding citizens. That's it. Yeah, that's true. What you're saying, criminals are going to get. I mean, and a criminal most likely is not going to go. They don't. They're not going to be able to pass a background check. A felon that that, that went to prison for armed robbery is not going to be able to go to the gun store and buy a gun and right. rob another place. Right. They're going to get one off the street. Right. So all you're doing is making it harder for a legal citizens to exercise their Second Amendment. Like, right. So right. 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 All the guns you have, because you have several guns. Yeah. All of them you bought illegally. Yeah. Or, no, the ones I have now, no, they're legal. They're legal. I'm 18. I can, I can purchase. I passed, I passed the background check. Oh, that's cool. So you did pass the back. You did pass yeah, the no, background check. When I was younger, when yeah, I was younger, yeah. My I dad, he, he, he wouldn't let me have any guns. He's like, no, I'm not gonna have any guns. So I was like, well, fuck you. I'll buy my own. Guns. Like, I don't. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Like, about, right? I, I literally, I, like, I bought one from this fucking black kid in eighth grade. And he stole it out of some dude's car. Mm -hmm. And then, and I bought one, and I was like 17 off Snapchat. For, like, mm -hmm. So. I mean, it's, it's I remember telling your dad not to get you a gun or knives. He almost <laughs> did, and then I stabbed my brother. Oh, I got knives now. I got I got a bunch of big ass knives. Mm -hmm. But I, I do got a machete, an axe, mm -hmm. crossbow, bow and arrow. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah, and it makes you feel safer. No, I it makes you feel like you can protect yourself. Oh well, I mean, it's a little bit of that. I mean, I sleep next to a twelve gauge shotgun and a and a twelve inch hunting knife. But mm -hmm. And why do you think you do that? Uh, honestly, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping someone will break in my house so I can shoot them. But <laughs> that's just my opinion. Well, I, was, I usually say, I usually say you picked the wrong house, fool, and then I grab the chainsaw. But like, I don't know. You've already played it all out in your mind. <laughs> yeah. You and not alone. I'll support you through. You don't have to run. You can always overcome. to gain.